You're listening to the Yakima Chief Hops Podcast Network. Welcome to Bigger Than Beer, a Yakima Chief Hops podcast created to discuss the larger impact of hops and craft beer, including social and environmental initiatives. This season's focus is women plus in the industry, with a goal to shine a light on women in various fields of the community of hop farming um, and craft beer, you know, in, in different fields, including all the way from hop farming to sensory science to brewers, and really to engage in meaningful discussions with our guests on creating a positive impact on the industry. Today, we have two special guests joining me. Welcome, Liz and John Coleman of Coleman Agriculture. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hey, Tony Lynn. Hi, how are you today? Doing good. Thanks for making some time to to join me. And we've got a really uh, great topic today that we're discussing sustainability as an agribusiness employer. And I was really thrilled to have you both on to share each of your unique perspectives on this subject. And when we're talking about sustainability as an agribusiness employer, what we're really talking about on, on this podcast today is in terms of you know people and resources. Um, so I'm very excited to kind of get your your unique and different perspectives on this, and I know it'll be a meaningful topic uh, for the podcast, a little bit different, and uh, I'm really excited to share it with our listeners. Um, so to just kick it off, why don't we kind of introduce yourselves a little bit and you know share more about your company and the and the relationship of your business to Yakima Chief Hops a little bit. Okay. Well, thanks, Tony Lynn. Well, um, I'm Liz Coleman. And I'm John. <laughs> and um, we're hop producers here in Oregon's Willamette Valley for Yakima Chief Hops. And we're also uh, members of the Yakima Chief family as grower owners. And uh, a little bit about our farm. Uh, we are located in the northern Willamette Valley. So from just south of Portland to just uh, around Salem and we have different farm locations uh, one down by Independence Oregon one just north of Salem one around the historical part of St. Paul and one over by Mount Angel which is a little on the eastern side of the valley Um, our history is that uh, our family settled here the Coleman family settled here in the mid 1840s and they came to St. Paul as part of a on the Oregon Trail and, and like a lot of other pioneer families they settled in around here and they spent some time here. And then over time, they uh, decided to stay here and they started to acquire some farm ground. And uh, that was six generations ago. I'm the sixth generation. And uh, it's been a long ride for that, my family. And, uh, and the family farm we're on now, we have land that was from the original farmstead along with uh, from both sides of, um, I guess I'll say, some of the maternal sides of the Coleman family along with the paternal side. So it's a very interesting history for us. And St. Paul is a small community. It's pretty tight. Uh, I think there's 425 people here. And (laughs) and so it's a bit of a slice of heaven as we see it. And, uh, but we've, we've, uh, we've been hop growers most of my life and before with my parents and my grandparents and their, their parents. So we've been in the hop industry for quite a while. Um, some of the varieties we raise, of course, with YCH would be uh, Citra, Mosaic, uh, Sabro, Simcoe. Uh, we've also raised some hops uh, that are outside of the YCH pool. It's uh, Amarillo, uh, Willamette, 
some of the uh, aroma varieties that are very popular in Oregon that probably aren't as many acres up in Washington and Oregon here, we, we grow a lot more aroma varieties than we do alpha varieties. So the varieties like Liberty, Mount Rainier, uh, Chetnang, varieties like that, you'll see a lot more of those here than you will maybe uh, alpha varieties like uh, Pato or um, CTZ or something like that. So Oregon is noted for their aroma hops and our moderate climate here. And so we think we have something special here and uh, we, we, we enjoy sharing it with the people at YCH. Awesome. Thank you for that, that background. And um, I also wanted to note to, to listeners, if Liz's voice sounds familiar, it's because uh, she's been on the podcast before. We had her on for a, a previous episode earlier on um, in the show. And so we did have the opportunity to learn a little bit more about um, the history there as well. So I encourage if you haven't listened to that one yet to also go back after this one and I give that one a listen to learn more about Liz's uh, role in, in Coleman agriculture and all the awesome um progress and change and, and all that she's brought to the table there. It's really, really great listen on that one. Um, I would be interested to learn more about uh, each of your roles in the business at Coleman Ag. Okay. Um, My role is uh, I'm one of the co-founders of Coleman Ag along with Liz and a couple other family members. And uh, we were all part of uh, a different type of business. You might say we had multiple independent family members farming together and we we uh came together to start coleman ag to try to create some energy i guess behind it and um i at this point i've moved into a director role and that's of perennial crops which on our farm are hops and hazelnuts hazelnuts are uh an orchard or tree fruit tree crop and uh it's fairly uh, popular here in oregon i don't know if they're grown too many other places but here in oregon there's we're noted for them, and we so we grow quite a few of them here, along with hops for YCH and a few other buyers. All right, and um, and uh, as John mentioned, we're co-founders with four other family members, two other couples, and um, and my role uh, started off as a, a board member as we came together and um, established Coleman Agriculture as a kind of a farming collective, and then shortly thereafter. Uh, I had a realization that there was an opportunity to develop brand and brand marketing and really um, really focusing in on the relationships that we could further along and uh, with our brewing partners as well as our suppliers and just really enriching this what I call the golden triangle uh, between the three. And so so for a period about a handful of years, I led the brand marketing um program for Coleman agriculture and then just recently this in 2021 actually about a year ago i handed that work off to a a, a very brilliant agency here um actually in portland oregon and since then it's really um opened my time up to focus on the work um that it takes to be a owner and a very focused board member and in in that role um I enjoy staying, you know, very vigilant and focused on monitoring and positively influencing the commitment that we had um, coming together as founders and which the company was established. Fantastic. Thanks for for walking me through and and listeners through kind of what each of you are are bringing and your role within the, the, the business. It's really interesting to learn a little bit more about. 
Um, so how, how many employees does Coleman Ag have during peak harvest and year-round? Um, around the harvest and in the springtime when we do the stringing and training, we are those are our two big peak seasons, and, and it gets to be around 300 people. And um, during the off-season, like now, and leading up into spring, and it's around 75 full-time people. And uh, like I say, we are spread across uh, five different locations. Six, we have a farm on the other side of uh, near Madras in the eastern side of the mountains that we raise alfalfa hay on. So there's a few people over there too. So we're pretty, uh, we, we get, it gets pretty busy around here in April and May and June. And then again in August and September with the uh, people that come from mostly local people around here, we also use the H2A program. And so we have a, a really good relationship with all those people that have been coming up from uh, Mexico through the H2A program. We have a repeat uh, applicants every year. So it's really nice to see those people and they really appreciate the opportunity to come up here and work. That's awesome. The 75 full-time employees and then and then 300 around, you know, those peak times. That's a big team. And that's, you know, especially when you have different locations, that's a lot of communicating going on. I, I'm, I'm, I can assume <laughs> <laughs> to make sure, yeah. you know, all the different coordination that goes into that. Um, so how has the business evolved over the last decade? Well, since the Coleman Agriculture was established in 2014, we're not quite into a decade Um but uh, I think maybe we back up a little bit and John's the best person, I think, between the two of us to describe what the family farm was like before we formed Coleman Agriculture. And then, you know, maybe we could both speak to 2014. Yeah. yeah. So before 2014, we were all I have uh, two brothers and, a, and a, a cousin that are in my generation and then my father and uncle and a grandfather at that time. And so we we were all kind of independently farming together that that doesn't sound like a very collaborative thing but it was in our case i mean we had that we were independent but we've farmed together well it was challenging at times certainly between the two generations and then even between my generation so we saw an opportunity um to to try to bring multiple i say these groups so my generation mostly together in some form and hire outside professional help to help us lead it. And so that happened in 2014. That was kind of the genesis of uh, Coleman Ag. And the idea was, you know, we all are good at what we do, but there's so many things that are being asked of us. We, we really could use some people that are experts in their field. And, that, and that's when we started Coleman Ag, and that was our, that was our intent. Mm -hmm. And as John just spoke to, you know, there was there was kind of – farming in parallel fashion and sharing different resources, but really not farming uh, um, collaboratively in, in a true sense. And so because of the history that the family farm um, had, you know, without any kind of system or formalization um, uh, in most ways that we can think of that, that businesses have, it, it was essential to the founding group that Coleman Ag was embedded in a foundation with a new beginning and overall organizational health. And when I say organizational health, I mean, you know, the culture needed to be closely examined, uh, bringing in definitely a sense of professionalism and 
when, uh, as anyone who's familiar with family farms, you know, uh, family, uh, being in business with your family is just being in business with non-family members. And so, so just really analyzing and doing some reflection of what professionalism looked like so that we could attract outside talent and, and work well outside the bounds of family of, with folks that are outside the family members. And, um, and also part of that organizational health included a forward growing mindset and um, that ideally as time went on uh, was succession oriented. So that's, that's kind of the evolution of where we've been to date. That, that's been the vision. That's wonderful. Thanks for walking me through kind of the point leading up to that pivotal, uh, you know, 2014. um, And and like you said, that new beginning uh, where you're focusing on organizational health, bringing in this, uh, this professionalism to attract, you know, outside uh, employees as well to kind of build on your team when you're looking at the long term vision. And then, uh, you know, I really like that forward growing mindset that you mentioned. So thanks for kind of walking me through, you know, how things have evolved and how you guys are moving forward um, since that pivotal moment and and how, how it's looking today. That's awesome. You know, uh, the topic that we're we're going to be speaking to today uh, is sustainability in an agribusiness. And sustainability is is often used to describe environmental efforts, but it also encompasses the long-term viability of a business through its people and practices. So when thinking about our previous episode with Liz, you shared your past, your passion for promoting long-term sustainability in hot farming, the hot farming industry by creating an empowering and inclusive space. Can you you expand on on your philosophy as an agribusiness employer. Definitely, yes. I mean, def- I, I the passion I do have is is um, philosophically based. I'd have to say, and and I think that you know I believe that agribusiness has it's just chock full of opportunities to promote um, a continuous state in which the community itself is thriving, and the whole network of agribusiness is is thriving and. Regarding creating an empowering, inclusive state or space, you know, it's a big lift and not just for agribusiness, but in this case, I I believe it's less of a lift compared to maybe other businesses because of the benefits run deeper than just the bottom line. Many agribusinesses, not all, but in the case of family farming or farming, family is involved. And so there's more of a stake as a family um, in family farming to consider whether or not to commit to the work that's needed to be active as a 21st century uh, company that operates in a healthy thrive state. And it's very, very hard, I, John, as John and I can both attest to, um, but family agribusinesses can personally realize that long-term impact that they can create. You know, they have the power to do that. We have the power to do that and uh, inspire other family businesses and family farms to do the same um, with an intentionally organized and balanced and diverse workforce if you know if that's what's important to to the business um, without identifying that level of importance you know it's not a lasting uh, it's not a lasting endeavor truthfully um, so you have to want it and um, you have to keep circling back sometimes and confirming that uh, that you want it and for individuals and as the group. And 
it, you know, it's an age old way of working with an antiquated culture. And some of the culture is so positive and rich and good. And some of it um, has to stay in the past in, uh, in family farms and as an agribusiness if we if we want to survive. I'm really, I, just to add a little bit on what Liz was saying, I think that uh, what one of the things that we've noticed on our farm is that um, we have we have quite a few people that were interested in helping us and how do we make sure that everybody is invited to the table in an equal an equal way, be it a family member versus an outside person. So that's that has been one of my philosophies or my things to think about as I think of a philosophy is how does everybody come to the table with the equal chance to move forward? And so we wanted to create a, a place where people could come to work for us and feel like they were being heard and feel like they could move on up and, and do better in their own in their own endeavors and at the same time help help our family uh, keep doing moving forward. So wonderful perspectives and I, I love to hear you know, the statement that stood out, you know, the intentionally organized and, and balanced workplace, you know, it does sound when you, when you each are talking about your, your philosophy for this business, it, it, it does sound very intentional that you are in, as you said, Liz, like keeping this top of mind and continuing to remind yourself and to your commitment to do that. Because as you said, the stakes are high because this is a family business that you want to see succeed. And that's what it takes. It's that constant reminder of what you each and as a company and as an organization, as a culture in your company have committed to doing. And so it's just really great to hear how that intention, intentional mindset and, and kind of what that requires, what you said is challenging. It's a continuous reminder to, to yourself and, and to others, what your, what your purpose is and, and what you're, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and then also, John, you know, your point of making sure that there's access to everyone to be able to come to the table. Um, there's an invitation for um, kind of inside and outside, which is really important. I think that's a big challenge within family farming, within agriculture. It can be, um, you know, kind of closed off sometimes. So having that mindset is very unique in, in agriculture and it's very forward thinking. And I think it's definitely a path in in the positive direction of, of what we want to accomplish in, in terms of empowering and, and uh, empowering our workforce, empowering our, our businesses and how we can move forward in a really positive direction. Tony Lynn, I had one, I had a, a thought as we were chatting here and that philosophy, um, you know, we talk about sustainability or continuing uh, um, talent and retention in the industry as agribusiness owners. But, you know, one thing that's a big um, differentiator in agribusiness can be in family businesses specifically is that, you know, I was thinking in recent headlines today because of our pandemic, you know, there's been a lot, you know, across the globe, there's been a lot of people that have had moments of clarity in the work that they're doing and, and and if it fits them, if it suits their life anymore, their sense of purpose, if that's if they feel that that's where their talents, you know, can really they they can really thrive with the talents that they've been given. And and I think you know one thing that has and I think this is changing that one thing has um, been difficult in agribusiness, 
uh, if you've got a history in particular is this feeling that um, once you're in it or if it's in your bloodline or you've got uh, a grooming for it in a way that that's the only path that you can take in life. And I think, you know, we've seen tremendous success stories where we've had folks in agribusiness that whether they've been raised in it or they chose it for a certain path. And it's that that self-reflection that I was mentioning before is things change and people change and the world changes and businesses change. And to always be circling back with self and with organization and and kind of shirk off what agribusiness can sometimes um lay a little or weigh a little heavy on shoulders that you have to be in it you know it's a t- it can be a tough industry um in the physical sense but also in the in the uh kind of an emotional sense you know it, it, it if you can't hack it um keep going going at it you know it's mm-hmm. kind of in the mindset and so if, if it's difficult you know just kind of buck up and keep 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 swinging and so I think we're seeing that in our generation, which has been great. We've, we've, um, I've noticed, I know a couple of people that are near and dear to us that have made changes. We've known people in the past and, and that have made changes. And I, I think that that is key in this conversation because to continue to groom a group of, uh, you know, within an organization that wants to be striving forward and to be open to folks that, um, uh, want to be doing something different is key. And, um, and that's just a big part of the conversation, I think, in terms of retention and keeping a healthy organization thriving. Yeah, I, I appreciate your point that you brought up about, you know, especially in terms of the workplace and the workforce right now. Um, and then also, you know, the feeling that sometimes those in ag can feel of, um, you know, this is my path and this is the only path. But there is a lot of value, and I think we, we've discussed this before, of, you know, be, having the freedom to go and learn from others and other organizations, other companies, and pursue that and feel that freedom and ability to do so. And then if it continues to call to you to bring what those lessons and the values and kind of the expanding mindset practices of of outside uh, kind of the outside world of ag kind of back into it and that's only going to serve agriculture in a positive way to bring innovating concepts uh to this industry um it is a calling where you have to be passionate about it because it is incredibly challenging um year after year and but it is you know there's a a lot of passion involved and um so there i like to kind of your point about there's opportunities elsewhere, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're you're stuck on one path, or whatever. It c- you can come back to it as well. Correct, correct. So, what are some tangible ways that Coleman Agriculture has has worked to help retain and recruit employees? Well, I I think uh, you know in my my perspective. Um, to re- recruit, you know, I'll have to say, you know, networking um, outside of farming has been so valuable to mm-hmm. us. Just to your last point there, you know, if you're if you're working on the same solutions, uh, you're going to get this. Sorry, if you're working with the same band of folks on a set of solutions in business, um, you're going to get kind of get the same um, 
um, answers and, and reactions. And so really looking forward to broaden the mindset and broaden the perspectives by networking outside of the farming industry has been very valuable for us. And with that, we've needed recruitment to do that. We've been successful there. Um, we, uh, we've accessed headhunting or headhunters for higher level recruiting. That's been advantageous to us. Um, we engage in multi-state job fairs to recruit from various regions and university and colleges. That's been a huge value to Coleman Agriculture. We've, we've not just had interns, but I believe most, most of our interns that we've had, the large majority of interns that we've had over the years are part of the, um, our family, our, our Coleman Egg family, and they come from a vast variety of backgrounds. And that's been, um, that's been a big win for, for us. And in farming, you know, I think it's just very important to cast a wide net for talent, to be a competitive employer in order to attract talent and, and retain, uh, employees. And, um, happily because farming, I think, uh, and agribusiness is romanced largely. People, people are pretty stoked to come out and work on a farm. Honestly, whether you're in IT or accounting or uh, HR or um, or in crop production, people are are anyone that we brought to the table just um, has been very enamored and and happy to be enjoying a little slice of heaven by working on on the farm since they've been and we've been very lucky very blessed and lucky to have um a a, a long-standing um uh history with many of our employees i, I think i'll add to what lizzie said there is is she's this, the internship program by far has been really successful. So we found a lot of great people there and you actually meet a lot of great people across the US. We've had students from Michigan, uh, Colorado, uh, California and Kansas, states in between. So we've had a lot of different kids come through here, male and female, and we've ended up hiring, you know, probably Liz said most of them, probably about 80% of them we've hired. And some have moved on to other jobs where they wanted they they saw it's something that they were interested in and they moved forward. But they had a lot of they learned a lot of skills here at our farm, and we feel real proud and and they feel happy to have helped us. And they really they're moving on to successful lives, and we we really appreciate that. We really enjoy seeing success, especially when it starts here, especially when they're fresh out of college like that, and 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 looking for someone to help lead them and then they take it and they go with it. I think that's a really important part of our internship program. Another part I would say is a little bit more about what Liz was saying on the romance side of it. I think agriculture and farming in general is is like that. And it's interesting on our farm, we have had people working for us for, uh, well, we still have people working here that are from the uh, 70s. So we're, we're, we've had, we're getting a rash of retirements recently, so a lot of those people are starting to retire. But it's it's just kind of a it's kind of a uh, shout out to our group, uh, our family, and how we treat people that come to work here at our farm. And so I just I wanted to kind of put a highlight on that that I, you know the, we're a fairly patient group, and we uh, I think it shows because we have so many people that stick around and want to stay working with us, and it. And my grandfather, when he was around, he and my grandmother used to lend money to people all the time when they needed to help or helping hand that were working for us. And so it's just, I guess that same generosity is, is kind of made its way through our generations. And, and I think that's part of what's made our 
place a great place to work. Yeah, your points about uh, the longevity of, of people working for you, it definitely is a testament to, to the topic of today of sustainability because what you're investing in your employees, when you create a positive work environment, a rewarding work environment, they're going to want to stay longer. And that's only a benefit to you where you can grow within, you can help people learn and, and grow um, rather than having to do like a ton of turnover, for example, where you're constantly having to hire new people, constantly having to train new people. Instead, what you've created is a foundation to build on. Um, and if you don't have that, that can be really difficult um, when you're looking at the long-term success of your company, long-term success of your farm um, or, or, or organization or, or whatever it is. It's key to, to have that foundation, which I know is Coleman Agriculture has really um, spent a lot of time in making sure that that foundation is is solid because then you can really build from there and, and, and go higher. So really great to hear all those different points about, you know, networking, the, the different recruitment styles that you guys have done, um, the internship program and bringing in, um, you know, young people from all across the U.S. and, you know, providing those learning opportunities and then that retention of, you know, hiring like 80% of, of those who have worked in the internship program and then also retaining workers for a very long time. I mean, since the seventies, that's a long time. So obviously there's, there's something to be said about enjoying to enjoying working at Coleman Ag. So that's, that's great to, to bring that up. Um, what has been the most challenging aspect of putting the ideals and vision of sustainable employment into practice? Uh, uh, Tony Lynn, I'd have to say uh, it would boil down to uh, consistency uh, in my perspective. So the most challenging aspect of putting ideals and vision into place is um, stretching um, ourselves as an organization, uh, stretching into development, self-development, because if you've got well-developed individuals, especially in leadership and found, you know, the founder group, leadership, and and various tiers of management, it it can only trickle down into goodness and you know the health of an organization. But it, you know, as I mentioned before, um, there was a reset of ethos and um, commitment when we founded Coleman Agriculture, and and I have learned that change in culture has been one of the most difficult, you know, one of the most challenging aspects in creating and maintaining sustainable employment. Um, that in and of itself has been what I'd say is the most challenging. Yeah, and I, I would add that um, that change comes because for a lot of farms that are, that are involved in hop growing, especially today, have been doing this for a long time and they've been fairly successful to be able to say that they're still growing hops today and part of that is that don't if it isn't broken don't don't worry about fixing it or don't change basically and so part of that is um trying to figure trying to move people from this idea of um patriarchal business run by men to a more inclusive and uh collaborative one and that can be a difficult move for family businesses, especially. And I think a lot of that is because of history. And a lot of it is just kind of what that's what's done. That's what's happened in the past. And so you have to be 
firm and you have to be confident and you have to be uh, direct in your goals and what you hope to accomplish to be able to move that forward. Because it is, you are going to be, you're going to run into challenges on a daily basis. And I, I had a factor I wrote down. I just will, re- will just, uh, we'll just talk about how hard it is. Our, fi- our farm, we have, uh, there's 16 in the next generation. So my nieces and nephews and my kids, and nine of them are girls, women. And so they're all, they're all out. Most of them are out working. I think there's still a few in school, but the bulk of them are out working. And at this time, there's only two that have come back to the farm and are working at the farm right now. And that's they're just the males. And so it just tells you that that tells me personally that there's more work to be done to create more space for for everyone to be able to come in and, and help out. So. Yeah, the, you know, the change in culture, I can imagine it's not something that you can turn around in a day. It's, it's, you know, definitely years of, of, of commitment for sure. And it takes, I'm sure, a very collaborative and it's got to be an investment of everyone and a commitment of everyone to, to make that happen. And I, I do appreciate the, you know, bringing up like, there's still work to be done. And that's something that um, I, quote, our corporate social responsibility coordinator, Levi Wyatt, all the time, because I really like this phrase. It's a moving goalpost. It should always be moving. We're always striving to do more, to be better, because it is, you know, there's not an end. It's a continuous journey to get there. And also having, you know, the, you know, that fact of we still have more work to do. And uh, just being aware of that and saying, kind of recognizing that there, there's more that we can strive for, there's more that we can do, um, but we're on our way to do it and we're committed to doing it is a huge, a huge step for sure. Um, it's that acknowledgement, definitely. Absolutely. And I think that the key there and what you said is, you know, when you have a common goal, you can do anything together. Uh, and, and yes, it's, it's absolutely a journey, ongoing journey. We're never done learning. I have a 92-year-old mother that says, I'm still learning how to be 92. And I just <laughs> chuckle every time she says that because it's it's true. When I ask her, her for her wisdom on on things, she says, oh, I don't know everything. You know, I'm still learning how to be 92. And I, I can appreciate that um, mindset because the minute we, as humans, you know, think that we have it all figured out, you know, we get a nice um, dose of humble pie, it seems like, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and we realize we don't have everything figured out, we never will. And that's the beauty of life. And we share in uh, all the, you know, all the good things and all the things that are challenging. But when we have a unified goal, we can accomplish darn near anything. So yeah, it makes it much easier when everybody's on the same page and moving toward the same direction, for sure. Right. And that's where, you know, that's where there's just such importance in creating consistency. You know, if you have a system built uh, within any organization where you have the ability to continue to re-enter the same conversation, to continue to point, anybody should be able to point to your common goal. Uh, at any given time and saying, are we still together? Mm-hmm. Are we still together? Are we still together? And and have the answer be okay if it's anything other than yes, because if it gives, us, gives an organization something to talk about and find out, you know, 
where we lost somebody or, or, or why aren't we still together in that thinking or that goal? And it just gives the opportunity, you know, it opens it up for the opportunity to, to work things out and find solutions. And so, uh, yeah, but sharing the common goal is everything. And then identifying when you're not sharing the common goal and being able to approach that with dignity and grace to, to work things out. Awesome points. Thank you both. Uh, so how, how has Coleman Ag worked to support women in the hop industry? And why is this such a crucial component for promoting the long-term sustainability of the hop farming industry? Well, I mean, definitely supporting women in the hop industry is absolutely crucial, crucial, I think, to the future of the industry. And that is if the industry feels that farming plays an essential role in the balance of that golden triangle, um, the grower, the the supplier, and the brewer, um, the relationship there. And I'd like to think that in the work it took to get while establishing Coleman set, uh, establishing Coleman, the work that we all did, I'd like to set, like to think that we set a marker there mm-hmm. because um, I didn't grow up in agriculture. Um, I'm not an expert in agriculture, but I grew up in a, um, a family where uh, we had it, we had it really good in terms of dynamics and relationships and respecting each other's um, bench strength when it came to being a family and um, and our values. And um, and so I think when I entered the work at Coleman. Um, I, I, it was, I was a little started at the landscape overall in the industry and how few female players there were. And, and the female players that um, I did see were, were a kind of avoided um, notoriety. Um, and I didn't see anybody championing them along. And so I'd like to think that, um, you know, in the moments where, as an organization and as individuals, we didn't shy away from highlighting the women who were and are leading and doing the heavy lifting. I'd like to see more of that. Um, I think that that's very essential in supporting women in the industry. Um, I uh, And I'm proud when I see that happen and, and I'd like to see more, we can do, be doing better. Um, I spoke to mentoring with you, Tony Lynn. Mm-hmm. I know we've had conversations. You've had other guests speak to mentoring within the industry, and that is um, that's such a a big um, part of um, supporting women um, in the industry, especially within organizations themselves. And and um, mentoring internally adds such significant strength to a team. Um, so I've seen that happen at Coleman and I'd like to see more of that happen in our organization and others. And then, you know, cross pollination is really key cross mentoring. Um, it can be such a siloed industry. So I, I always like, and I'm proud to see members of our organization reaching out and having, um, good talks of how we can grow each other outside of our own businesses. And then I think that there's, um, an, an intention to source diverse talent. I'm proud to say that as an organization, we're better than we were at the beginning and more open to that. And then not just open to that, it's moved to, from being open to it to seeing the true value of that. And like many companies where it's just not enough to 
to be uh, sourcing from your own, you know, local pools or the folks that you know, but to reach out wide and then start, you know, once we start to do that more and more, I think we're going to start feeling that true paradigm shift. And then hopefully at some point we'll see, you know, not too distant female, just as many female um, women owned and uh, running their own farms as we do um, the guys. Yeah, I think I think that's only it should only be a natural going forward. It's over 50 percent of the talent pool is is in the female. Um, so the females in the world. So it only makes sense to open it up and have more of openness to them being part of that. And I think uh, reaching back to what Liz said a little bit ago about uh, the past and maybe some hidden figures. I think that was a lot of that, especially when farms are just getting started out of necessity. Uh, the wife and the husband work together in certain ways. And it just over time, it kind of the forward facing person became the male. And and I think that's, that's the challenge going forward is how can you bring more of both to the table and say that we all did this to get to this point. And I think on our farm, we've, we've, our generation has been very good about including um, everyone and, and we've, we've done a really good job. We've, we've got, we're better resourced today to bring in people that are not necessarily family members, but that are females that to help us in the uh, in the office and then also out in the field. So we feel really confident on what on the people that we brought on, the females that women that we brought on to help us. And we think that more and more, as you see female and women in in, in brewing, those brewers are going to come to our farm, and when they see women on the farm doing work out in the fields or running a crew or doing something that management they're going to really think now this place has got it figured out so i think it's only going to it's only going to get better there's an interesting piece of that that john just um uh triggered something uh for me that positively um tony lynn i think you'll appreciate this in the role that you serve for yakima chief but when we can see things Mm we can strive for them because we know it's they're known, right? Yeah. It's and they're possible. Oh, for sure possible. Yeah. And so uh, such a small, you know, where I feel good that um, one of the accomplishments that our very tiny marketing team uh, and branding team had had is pulling forward figures in the organization um, into marketing mm-hmm. and, and showing more women, um, not staged, and not, um, you know, but women and talented women and men doing their work and the roles that they do and interacting. And so I kind of, you know, it's just such a easy switch to flip, but it's like, wow, hey, agribusiness as a whole, let's get together and, and grow the talent pool and availability by just marketing differently. Um, activating your photo shoots a little bit differently, you know, so we're not showing, you know, the middle-aged white guy in a plaid shirt talking to his um, 20-something-year-old son, you know, in the middle of a field. Like, those belong, you know, so far in the past. But the more we see um, women in that, then I think we're going to have talent from other industries that are seasoned and a young talent that, that identify with that and start drinking in a big way because it's it's much more attainable. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I definitely, that resonates with me for sure when I think about um, kind of like how, how do we make sure that there's representation um, and that people can see a model of, of what 
um, either, you know, our farm operation is or what it could, could be, you know, I think that's a great example to set um, and to highlight, you know, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head there of like, it's important to highlight the women that are in our operation, making sure they're having these marketing opportunities. You know, I think of when you're talking about that, I came to mind, you guys did a series of my favorite beers. And I thought of all the different, uh, women who are speaking to all their different, the, their favorite beers of, you know, that were, had been brewed that season, um, using your guys hops and, um, and that's awesome. It's, it's making sure that all these different diverse voices, um, in different roles in the business are, are sharing their perspectives and it's fun and it's, it's engaging, but it's also important and necessary, um, to make sure that we're, we're having these different visuals that also exemplify what we want this industry to look at. It doesn't always have to be that, you know, stereotypical of, of what everyone kind of thinks of, you know, when you think of, you know, the, the, the traditional imagery, it's like, we can adapt this to what it actually is and what we want it to be. And that's within our power. So I love that, that point that you brought up there. What are some opportunities that you see within the current hop industry to help promote long-term sustainability? I was, uh, I was thinking uh, um, earlier um, when we spoke before Tony Lennon that, you know, if we can do so much in terms of, you know, the leaders in any industry or a variety of industries that have the power and the voice and the ability to make change. I think to become attuned to one another and align goals would be um, very doable. And so, um, you know, the companies and the businesses in the industries that I've spoke about here, the brewing, the growing and the supplier, we can do so much more together, um, especially if we shared that as a common goal to make some rapid change by creating balance and, um, in my mind, those businesses could and should be setting short and long-term business initiatives um, to create those diverse organizations and, you know, beginning at the leadership level. And we just we just need the first leader to step up and create that challenge. And you know, I kind of joked a little bit about it, you know, as it came to top of my, we were chatting last, I threw down the gauntlet almost as a... Um, uh, just a little bit lighthearted, but I do feel that now if we can do that globally in forms of climate change and start changing the way where we're manufacturing vehicles, you know, we, we can change this in the industry and uh, that we're working in by connecting and uh, agreeing that that change needs to be made on a, a more rapid level. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, I hear that anyone's uh, not saying that change needs to be made, but um, but I'd love to see us working together in unity to make that. And I see that as a big opportunity. That definitely uh, ties back to when you're talking about the the work that you guys did. Uh, it had to be all together. It had to be that collaboration and commitment as a whole to make that happen. And that kind of rings true when we're talking about industry-wide effort. It takes everyone participating, everyone being involved and invested in, in to make that happen and, and your point of urgency too. It's like, let's let's get this going on the same urgency level that we've we've dealt with environmental initiatives as well. Like, let's make this a top priority and not a, si- a side project by any means. This needs to be a, a key a key topic and a key priority for businesses and industry 
uh, you know, leadership. And, and so I, I do appreciate those points of the urgency and also the collaboration portion. And I didn't mean to cut you off, John, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, that, I, I was just going to say, I agree with everything Liz said. And I was going to also add that the, uh, you know, companies like YCH, they, they, they are doing their part. And I think as they work through this, we're, we're noticing at our farm, things that they're, they're sharing with us on their initiatives. And I think that those, People at YCH, uh, some of the burger breweries that probably people have relationships with or get to see more often, the more we interact with each other, the more we see change. And I think we can all talk about it, but it's actually getting it done and doing it. And I think I think when you see a success on another farm uh, with change, that's when you're going to see other farms saying, hey, they could do it. You know, then it's kind of gets to be almost like this competitive challenge to say, if they can do it, we can do it. So I think the more it's talked about, the more you see it reflected in a, an actual person that you might see on the street at someone's field. And you say, wow, I, I didn't realize they had a young woman out there doing that. And so and it's just like, wow, that it just helps move things along. The more of that is. And I think successful breed more success. So. Awesome points. Thank you. So uh, when you, you know, when you think of the future, what is, what is your vision for the future of hop farming? Well, I, I think for me, if anyone, anyone that's familiar with hops um, and the crop, they um, think they, it would be hard pressed to not agree that they're such a unique and graceful crop and they're just so unwavering and, and with their sense of just, the history attached to hops, I see at some point in time the crop being celebrated in a way that we haven't yet seen or imagined. And there's so few farms here in the United States. I absolutely see a consumer-based experience um, future for hops and um, worldwide for that matter. I just, that's what I envision to bring people closer to the crop and to celebrate um, the capabilities of the vines and and how they're grown and and um, and just to get much more closer to them and their uniqueness and the regionality uniqueness, um, I just see a, definitely a consumer experience future for hop hop farming. And to get to that consumer experience, that's going to be so lovely and uh, magical. I believe we're going to need some fresh thinking around that to get there. And we're going to need a balance of unique talent to enter the industry at all levels. And when we do, it's just going to be pretty spectacular. But that's that's definitely what I envision on the big picture. And I think that will help the family farm survive that on that consumer coming to the farm and, and actually seeing where the hops come from and being able to enjoy something on that farm. Absolutely. So that's going to be a, opening a big up, part of it. Opening yeah. up more opportunities, but also just creating the entire um, it's just more fulfilling, um, picture of how it all works. Definitely. Yeah. I would add that the, uh, the idea of the family farm is going to be tested in the next generation. I think, I think the farms that are more proactive and they're open to change and lean into the challenges that are coming up, those will be the success stories of the future. So my, that would be my vision for the future of the hop industry that it still maintains family farms that are given, to the next generation or new family farms that maybe weren't hop growers in the past, but have become hop growers. So I think the idea of the family farm is is a great one in the hop world. 
And I think that it is a natural. And I just think it's going to be the people that are ready to be stand up and 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 do the changing that needs to be done that will be the ones that I'll have will be in the that will make it to the next generation. I, yeah, both of your points are, are are exciting to hear. You know, uh, and a consumer based experience. And I really like the way you, you said celebrating this 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 product hops in a way that we've never done before. And that, you know, that's inspiring, um, as a, on the supplier side and marketing for sure. Um, and then also, you know, talking about maintaining family farms and making sure that we can pass on this, this wonderful way of, of life and of a lifestyle, but, and also a way of employment. And I like that you included, you know, the opportunity for new family farms too. It, it's, it's bringing that opportunity for those who are passionate about growing and um, seeing how we can continue this uh, the, these family farms into the future. Both exciting points, and I, li- I like both of your vision for the future of hop farming and excited to see how we move forward. What do you find to be the most rewarding aspect of being an agribusiness employer? I, I, I'd say putting your dreams to work. Uh, the employer part is is you're just kind of uh, I guess you're the leader at that point and and what you're wanting to do is bring people in you want to kind of help them dream but and you have your dream and you want these people to help you succeed in that so and we all have paths we wish we could stay on but for me helping create the path is what I find exciting so when I to say I, I have uh, my dreams I to create these paths for these young people to come on and work on our farm, it's really exciting to see them just get energized with what we do. And so I just enjoy the opportunity to give them, I enjoy the chance to give them the opportunity to uh, feel good about where they're working and be able to fulfill maybe a dream that they had. At the same time, it's fulfilling my dream. So I think that's pretty special. That's awesome. That's a great answer because my answer <laughs> involved dreams, dreaming. But it's funny, you know, to be in this conversation as I'm thinking right here, as we talk, you know, very philosophically and vision oriented. And, and I think I, um, I've been thinking back to ways that we've I, I've sat in meetings and long discussions and road trips with tremendous, um, tremendously talented teammates and and the collaboration we have and the excitement and, and inspiration that we give each other just because, you know, it's just sky's the limit. If you can imagine it, it's real. I think Pablo Picasso uh, was famous for saying that. And and to be thinking in different ways, you know, and then to kind of ping off of each other and start building upon that. I'm with John. Like if you could just start laying the path in front of us together, it doesn't really matter who's building that path if we're just all contributing to it, um, sky's the limit. And so that's been one of my favorite pieces is just of, of being in the agribusiness and, and being lucky enough to have really great teammates um, is to just dream largely about the work we can do together because there's just, I just keep, you know, shaking my head. There's just so much opportunity around every corner. Uh, especially now when we have challenges around us to be um, climate focused, it just it, it's it's a good challenge in ways that we could just do do things differently, and it's it's exciting to be able to be in the good company of people that um, look forward to thinking of good solutions and good good ways of working. That's that's definitely one of my favorite yeah. things. Yeah, I, I would add to a little bit more to what Lizzie was saying about the people that work for us now. 
there, there's there's so many great people that I've met uh, being part of an ag employer, ag business employer, and I would never have that opportunity if I wasn't. And so I, I've learned so much from the people that have worked for us, worked with us, I should say, and I really appreciate their their view of what we're doing. And it's really exciting when it all starts to click, for sure. So I appreciate everyone that works for our Coleman Ag, and I think we've got a lot of great people on our staff. We've got some great people that have moved on to other places, and they're great people. We still keep in contact with them. And so it's just, it's a journey that we're all on, and we just want to make make it good for everyone that we come in contact with. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Wonderful. That's that's very, you know, to hear um, kind of the most rewarding rewarding parts is, I think, so important to because it keeps you inspired. I like that the journey and and the dream um, and thinking big and dreaming big, um, kind of aiming for the stars and that. So I, I loved hearing both of those and those kind of shared perspectives on that. Um, you know, thank you, Liz and John, for joining me today to discuss this topic. You know, when we brought up this topic and wanted to talk about it, it was from this agribusiness perspective. But, you know, hearing you talk today, I I think it applies to any company, any employer. You know, these these philosophies really could apply to anyone. I, I mean, at the brewery level as well, it's all about kind of leadership styles and how can we be uh, better leaders and, and what have we implemented to be a great place to work. And so I'm really excited to share this with within our community because I think that anyone, you know, who's involved on a leadership management level can find definite value in what you each have brought to the table today. Um, you guys are inner innovators, movers and shakers, and a real inspiration. Um, so I, I appreciate you each sharing your thoughts and exploring these questions with me. Uh, listeners, thank you for joining. We hope this provokes thought and how you can find ways individually and collectively to spark change and make a positive impact and be leaders within the community. Together, let's create something bigger than beer. 